0: Welcome to season 13 of the Parenting Aces Podcast, a proud member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and this week's guests are a father-daughter duo that are pursuing the daughter's tennis dreams, but in a very creative manner. So I'm excited to have Anthony and Gwyneth Britton join me. They are a Southern California family, and Gwyneth is working very hard on her tennis, But the family has gotten creative in terms of how to fund these dreams of Gwyneth's and help her achieve her goals and dreams in our sport. I'm super, super excited for you guys to hear all of the cool things that they've come up with and that are in the works for Gwyneth as she gets ready. Well, when we recorded, she was getting ready to go play Winter Nationals. Um, I know this is airing after Winter Nationals is already finished, but uh, I think you'll find this episode particularly interesting, especially if the financial piece of your child's tennis is causing you any kind of stress whatsoever. So sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with father and daughter, Anthony and Gwyneth Britton. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Gwyneth and Anthony, thanks so much for joining me. I am so excited to chat with a father-daughter duo. It's always fun to get the parent and the player on the podcast together. So welcome to Parenting Aces. Thank you for being longtime listeners of the podcast. And I'm excited to chat today.
1: All right, thank you for having us on.
0: Absolutely. So Gwyneth, I'm going to start with you since you're the player and uh, you're the tennis kid. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started playing tennis?
2: Well, I started when I was about two years old. So I've been playing for nine years. I just picked up a racket and we started hitting and I loved it from then on.
0: And so you started just hitting with your parents, I'm assuming, at the beginning Um, When did you realize that you had some talent and the desire to really put the work in to become a tournament tennis player?
2: Well, um, I just started and I was just playing really well when I started. And um, I just realized I had the talent and I was able to follow my dreams and I was able to do it
0: do you have a tennis idol? Is there somebody that, you know, you started watching from a young age that you were like, Hey, I want to be like that person.
2: Well, I wanted to be like Serena Williams because she was such a champion and she was winning everything (laughs) and she was just a really big role model for me. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. And Anthony, from the parents' side, you know, what is it that you saw in Gwyneth and her personality and you know, her abilities on the tennis court that made you feel like as a parent that you wanted to make the commitment both time-wise and financially to introduce her into this tournament craziness and and help her pursue her dreams that way?
1: Well, I think originally, I mean, they say ignorance is bliss. The fact that I didn't know much about it, (laughs) that's really why we got into it. Um, And then as it started, you know, and now I'm just kind of learning, learning as I go. So in the beginning, you know, we used to play little games in the house and we'd hit balloons around. I always wanted her to play tennis because to me, as far as professional sports options go for women, tennis is the one. Um, So I wanted her to possibly have, the ability to pursue an athletic dream at, at a higher level, if if she wanted to. So I, I thought let's pick the sport that's the most fair um, towards women. Uh, so we would do little things like she'd have to hit a she'd hit a beach ball with a with a stick, and then I started using smaller and smaller balls till we got down to a ping pong ball. So yeah, when she was about eighteen months old, she could hit a ping pong ball out of the air with a stick, and I was like, it's tennis time. So. <laughs> then I got the little mini racket oh I should have brought it I've got it downstairs. <laughs> we got the little mini racket and we went out and started hitting some balls and she just had a good time with it and we it was a great way for us to spend time together and and, and do all that and then started doing group lessons when she was three and um from there just you know you kind of just you notice like You outgrow the group a little bit. Oh, she's hitting better than this. You know, so you find the next thing and we just keep going until we eventually ended up at, you know, Southern California Tennis Academy uh, training with Coach Mitch Bridge. And it was really, you know, his ability to identify like, yeah, you're not wasting your time. You're you're definitely on to something with this Mm -hmm. kid. And he started working with her. Were you eight?
2: Yeah, I was eight. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So... For the last few years, Coach Mitch has been helping uh, to really sharpen up the skills and, and give her more of a uh, professional style game.
0: Got it. Are there other interests that you have, Gwyneth, um, in addition to your tennis?
2: Well, I love modeling. Modeling is another thing that I do. I actually I got modeling from tennis. My first modeling job was uh, for the USTA Net Generation.
0: Very cool. And so how do you find time because, you know, working on tennis, playing tournaments, it's very time consuming. How do you find time to balance the tennis, the modeling? And of course, you've got school. So how do you make all that work? What's a typical week look like for you?
2: Well, I do school for only two hours in the morning. I play tennis the rest of the day, but I do have this little like hour break in between my practices so I can get some schoolwork done. And I can also do schoolwork when maybe I take a rest day or like like um like if I do yoga or something. I just get to watch my classes that I miss and Mm -hmm. complete the extra homework that I have.
0: And then for the modeling work, how often are you like going on shoots or, you know, auditioning for things? Or do you audition for modeling jobs? I, I don't know much about that.
2: Yeah, my I have an agent and uh, she just gets me modeling jobs whenever one fits for me. I audition and then, you know, I just got to wait and see if I got it.
0: Gotcha. And so when you're going to tournaments and Um, traveling. You live in Southern California, so we all know there are tons of tournaments in Southern California every week, which is really amazing for the kids that are developing down here. Um, But are you traveling outside of Southern California as well, or do you focus your efforts right now just on this area?
2: I kind of focus my efforts more in this area. Um, I think we're going to start traveling a little bit more like mm-hmm. I'm going to do a uh, winter nationals soon and we're going to Texas for that so that's exciting I
1: love yeah. it <laughs> we had a good trip out to Arizona mm-hmm. uh, last year as well when they were they were doing for zonals travels. yeah the events we we like that um, and sometimes for the camps USTA has special camps and things like that so she's traveled a little bit for some of those camps and things
0: and so Anthony, how do you make all of that work with your job and your other responsibilities um taking the time to accompany Gwyneth or or are you traveling with your coach Gwyneth?
1: Uh, our coach is pretty busy like I mean he runs to the kid. he's got so many kids to take care of uh but he hasn't he hasn't traveled with us yet I, I think he's planning to next year a little bit um but usually it's me or my wife. Um, I'm a chiropractor. So anybody who's familiar with a chiropractor, they probably know the chiropractor has got crazy hours. It's open a half day this day and a half. So I'm kind of like that where I work a morning and then I work an afternoon and then I work a morning. So my schedule allows me some flexibility, but, uh, you know, my wife, fortunately, my wife will take her to the tournaments. Sometimes those the Saturday starts, Like, I can't be there always for the first match. So it's my wife and the Slinger bag. So fortunately, (laughs) Slinger gave us a bag when she was eight. And we've put it to good use ever since (laughs) because my wife cannot play tennis and I can barely play tennis. (laughs) But the Slinger bag never misses. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Gwyneth, can you talk about some of the things that you are learning from playing tennis that you feel like are going to help you in your modeling career in some of the other things you're pursuing. So we haven't talked about the fact that you're writing a book and we'll touch on that in a minute, but um, how are these lessons that you're learning from tennis impacting these other interest areas for you?
2: Well, in tennis, you know, you get to learn a lot of new things that apply to life. My dad always says like, well, tennis is a great thing to prepare you for your future. (laughs) Yeah. And it gives me like a lot of competitive fire and like, I never give up or anything like that, which will be great for on for going on in my life. And do you feel like
0: flip side of that? Do you feel like there are lessons you're learning from modeling and from writing that are going to help you as a tennis player?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, like writing a book is helping me prepare for my ELA.
0: <laughs> I don't know what that is.
2: It's for my English language arts. Okay. <laughs> my language arts class. Got it. And, and my modeling, yeah, it just gives me experience in meeting others and also just like expanding my knowledge to doing other things. hmm
0: hmm What are your goals for your tennis
2: well, I want to become a professional tennis player and hopefully play on the tour.
0: That's awesome. What do you think it's going to take for that dream to come true for you?
2: Just um uh working hard every day, keeping that fight and competitiveness, and you know, never giving up because if you give up, you can't follow your dreams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know you have a YouTube channel too, and I'm just curious, like, what made you want to start the YouTube channel and write the book? Like, what's the impetus behind pursuing these other activities?
2: Well, I wanted to do the YouTube channel. I wanted to start it for my marketing and maybe helping funding my tennis and equipment and clothing and tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like. That.
1: Mm-hmm. The the brand building, like you know, people ask all the time, like, you know. Um, well, how did you, how did you get this? How did you get that? And I mean, first you have to put yourself out there. So, I mean, I think she was like five when she was five. My wife said, I thought it was crazy, but my wife, my wife posted, uh, uh some videos to Instagram. She's like, I'm going to make her an Instagram account. All right. She used to be known as tennis princess Gwen.
2: <laughs> and,
1: um, and then we posted this video. It was literally the first video we posted. And the USTA contacted us and said, hey, can we share that video? They had this little segment called Cool Kids on Court. Yeah. And they share the video and it was like 350,000 views. And then we, they asked, us, could they share another video? And we're like, okay. And that one had like 250,000 views. And we're like, whoa, that's that's crazy. Like she's you know, getting a lot of views. People like seeing her her journey. So from there, she became a Net Generation ambassador. And we just kind of thought, you know we looked at people like Coco golf and even um you know other other youtube content creators in the tennis realm I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with a um with a youtube channel called operation liftoff you know it's this mm-hmm. uh kid, Well, it's great. You check that out i'm um, <laughs> alex donsky you know he was an aspiring pro he just transitioned from the juniors and he created his own show and we thought this is really interesting. We like watching this. Maybe someone would want to, if we get somewhere, eventually someone will look back and be able to see her whole little tennis life kind of growing up right before their eyes. So, you know, right now it's just about kind of like a journal when we're keeping track of what we're doing. But, But, you know, 10 years from now, I think it'll be some pretty interesting content to, to be able to follow this person's entire journey.
0: Right. And I mean, you've been very upfront about the fact that, you know, the book especially, but some of the other things, she's got a website um, that you guys are looking for sponsors. You're looking for brand deals because we all know how expensive the junior tennis development process is. And I think it's, you know, there are families that, have the money to spend and it doesn't change anything in their day-to-day life. And then there are other families that are having to get creative about how to fund this thing. And, um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on because I think it's so interesting to hear how you've gotten creative and the different ways that you've gotten creative to figure out how to help fund this journey for Gwen.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, through through being you know the kind of the path was laid out for us a little bit as we were just able to to witness what happened when she was a net generation ambassador and and that whole campaign when it came out and you know they made her she was basically the face of junior uh junior development and she was on all the pamphlets and she was on billboards and we're like well this is this is crazy we're at the national campus and there she was projected onto every screen and we were like oh this is cute you know they had her and callie miner and, and you know a bunch of other kids out there and you know little rex and stuff like that was was out there Zizu and and you know i don't know if they they didn't mean like only these elite kids are going to be able to be next generation ambassadors but there was something about that experience that i think really sparked the way some of those kids see themselves cuz you know you see uh, you know z is doing it rex is doing it Gwen is doing it like a bunch of those kids from that from that net generation go for really put in the work and they're all marketing themselves pretty well they got used to being in front of cameras and, and and doing stuff and i think going forward for athletes especially you see the change to the nil rights for collegiate athletes and things like that and you need to figure some things out. You know the 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 whole the whole game has really shifted a lot in in the brand creation, and you know people are going to follow who they want to follow. They might not be the best tennis player, then they just happen to like that person. They follow their content, and that has some value to a brand that maybe goes beyond just the pure results like it used to be.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Gwyneth, it seems like you know really everything you're doing um with your tennis with your modeling with your website with your book with the net generation stuff it's media training but it's on the job media training right you're mm-hmm. you just kind of are here you are you know <laughs> do just your like thing today. in front of the camera right i mean it's true and it's it's interesting because you know, I interview a ton of kids. Um, I'm at tournaments and and there are certain kids that are very comfortable being in an interview, and there are certain kids that just aren't, you know, it's just not something they they can relax and enjoy doing. And i I agree with you, Anthony. I think you know, the whole world has changed. It's not just tennis. Um, I see it in my son's business. I see it in my daughter's businesses, you know, you, you have to market yourself and um, kind of become your own brand. And we're hearing that more and more from athletes as well. Do you feel like at any point that some of that gets in the way of being able to focus on what you need to do on the court to help you get to those next levels that will take you on to a pro career?
2: No, I don't think so. I think I'm just able to get on court and forget everything else and just have fun and do what I need to do.
0: Yeah. I saw a video recently and I, I told y'all off camera, um, Danielle Lau was is also on our podcast. And um I think her episode's gonna air before this one. I'm not exactly sure, but um I saw that you recently attended one of her camps and you did some interviews for your YouTube channel while you were there. So how do you kind of balance when you're at these tournaments or at these camps and kind of carve out that time to do the content creation that you need to keep your online presence fresh and new, but also keep your head in the tennis game? Because that's that's really tough.
2: Yeah, Um I just I try to just stay focused on tennis while I'm playing tennis and then you know when I need to do an interview I just I think about the interview and what my talking points are and just get ready for whatever I need to do at the moment.
0: I think that's great so let's let's shift gears and talk about your book for a little bit what inspired you to write a book? (laughs) (laughs) all right those of you who are listening to this you need to watch the video version because you're gonna see the book it's not out yet but actually I think by the time this airs the book will be out so I want to make sure everybody checks the show notes on parentingaces.com for a link to when it's new book okay now talk about the book
2: okay (laughs) So just like a couple of years ago in 3rd grade I had a creative writing assignment. <laughs> and um you know I play tennis right so I just wanted to include some of my tennis experience into that and I wanted to make it sound kind of magical so then I was like well why don't I create a magical tennis book that sounds awesome right So then I wrote kind of just about me but added some magical stuff to it like the Merlin Druid Tennis Academy where she wants to apply to. And then there's some other magical parts of it where you have to read. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did somebody help you with like developing the plot and editing the language and oh this good old write-
1: dad. Well <laughs> I, as as circumstance would have it, we were actually, um, it was one of the last assignments. It was it was the last assignment that she needed to do for school. Um, and this is, she was, she it was online, but it was still through regular school, but COVID forced us online. And, and we happened to be moving. And, you know, when you're moving and you've got a nine-year-old kind of underfoot, you know, they want to help, but they're not always so helpful. So, yeah. <laughs> So she would come to me. I was like, you've got to finish this. Like, and I just, I was just being mean. I was like, get out of my hair. Like, no, that's not good enough. That needs more detail. And I was just <laughs> using the the writing as a way of keeping her occupied. I and then she kept coming back. And it was like, and it was getting good. And I was like, this is funny. I, I'm just going to keep being mean dad about this until like, maybe this is going to turn into something. And then, um Yeah. And then it kind of did. It kind of came together with all the details, and uh, yeah, she did a good job on it. Um, I showed it to some people, and a, you know, a friend of mine that's got you know, it's got a little publishing company called Victory Publishing, and she's like, "Yeah, this is this is a children's book. This is good. You should you know, you should get this get this illustrated. You should do something with this." And then you know. We kind of sat on it a little bit. We were, let's focus on the tennis, the tennis, the tennis, and then the results started coming in, and we were like, "All right, well, now we don't have to be embarrassed that we're going to put out a book, and you know, <laughs> and, and we don't have any ranking or right? anything. <laughs> not that that matters, but you know, it's a fantasy book. But uh, but but now that everything's going in the right direction, and whatnot. Now it's like, okay, not only should we put the book out, but you know, we're going to need to put the book out because we kind of have to use we're going to use some of the revenues from the book to fuel the actual tennis journey. So the fictional tennis journey is going to help is going to help to propel the real tennis journey. And everyone that buys the book gets to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. It's a great plan. Who did your illustrations?
1: Those were so um, she did the mock ups of it some of them we would like go we went well the place we moved to kind of you know it's it's got some like um historical pieces to the property so some of it kind of looks like a castle like a hogwarts kind of thing mm-hmm. so that definitely fed into some of the castle you know magical elements in the book um and so i would just take pictures of her around there and then for the ones that were more specific she used, what did you use?
2: Canva?
1: InShot. Oh, Oh, you were using InShot then. So she would use InShot. She would do these little crude mock-ups of like, here's two kids and here's a castle and she'd stitch it together and then I went on Fiverr and found uh, an illustrator that could bring that, you know, to life and kind of show, you know, and could illustrate her correctly, you know, Mm -hmm. as a multi-ethnic person, she's kind of a unique look and you you want that to come across as well in the illustration and i think it's good for um you know people of different ethnicities to have some representation in there in their for books sure. and whatnot so um so that's a great little piece in there so i i had to seek out somebody that you know had those qualifications and that had done worked on books with uh multi-ethnic characters and and things like that and i just got lucky and they sent some samples I tell you, you can do a lot through Fiverr these days.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. My first logo was done through Fiverr. So, Fiverr. So, um, totally get it. And the illustrations are super fun. They're very colorful and um, they have a lot of energy to them. So, yeah, that your person did a good job. What, Gwyneth, if you're talking to your peers that are, like, looking at you and they're like, oh, man, she's got this company sponsoring her and this one sending her stuff. And what are some suggestions that you would have for other young players that are looking to build their own brand, but also help their parents out in terms of the financial piece of their tennis journey?
2: That is a good question. Um, I would say just, first of all, work hard get those results and then <laughs> and then you can start marketing yourself maybe on Instagram or other platforms like that and just get people interested in you um let people know who you are and what you do and maybe what you want to do and then other people like if they're interested in you they might recommend you to other places and then you might get some sponsors that'll help you out with equipment or clothing or tournaments you mm-hmm. might start rants and stuff like that. It's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I mean, we've done a few podcasts on branding and, you know, but mostly with older kids, not with, you know, somebody that's 11 years old. Um, Anthony, are there any concerns that you guys had about putting Gwyneth out there on social media? Cause listen, we hear nightmare stories all the time about, creepers on the internet and, you know, you've got this young kid and you're putting her out there. Um, What precautions or, or what kind of conversations did y'all have to kind of make sure that you were safeguarding
1: her? Well, we, you know, we mediate the, the, the content, my wife and I, you know, we'll sort of curate the content. um, And then as far as like comments and things like that go, you know, we'll we'll go through the comments, we'll make sure that things are positive. If they're not positive, you know, we're gonna we're we're gonna get rid of that comment before she looks at it. And she doesn't look at it a lot, she'll like glance at things, or if someone has a nice comment, I'll I'll ask her, like, hey, so-and-so said this about your video, and you know, what do you wanna say? And then she'll always tell them thank you for supporting me. Okay, great. And then I'll I'll kind of answer for her, but um, she doesn't directly communicate uh, with too many people unless we like really know them, know them like oh a doubles partner or something like that. Then yeah, yeah. they might get into a little text exchange um, in the comment section or or in the messaging. Um, but uh, it, it's just one of the you know it's a it's a new it's a new time. I I understand people's concerns, but it's like. I mean, I'm sure people that were used to riding horses were like, I don't know, there's these new horseless carriages. I'm <laughs> worried about my kid riding around in the horseless carriage. Sure. It's a-, it's a new time. They're gonna have to learn to navigate. Uh, and, and I think this next generation of, of of people are gonna do a better job than like than even like, you know, my generation or even the millennials afterwards that were like, it's so new. Like it's not yeah. new. This has always happened her whole life social media has existed and and the kind of the rules of it have been made up as you go along the etiquette of it have been made up as you go along and and i think that uh i think that she's learning to navigate it pretty well doesn't have her own phone yet despite the
2: (laughs) i want a phone
1: (laughs) (laughs) despite the protest she doesn't have her own phone yet i'm thinking about it though because now she's training at carson as well um uh, every week, and there's pros there, and I do think like, hey, there's probably someone
2: Taylor <laughs> Fritz is there.
1: <laughs> you probably get Taylor Fritz on that. Dance
0: show yeah. Oh, well, I'm so, sure he would do it. I'm sure he would do it. He's a nice sure he guy.
1: Well, maybe I got to get her a phone. I don't know. If you yeah. guys buy enough books, we'll get her. A phone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, the reason I bring this up is, you know, I, I talk to players all the time who get harassed on social media and, you know, it's more at the professional level, of course, um, and it typically has to do with betting and, you know, somebody's bet on their match and they, the person lost money because of the result of the match and, they take it out on the player and they they write horrible stuff to some of these players. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. And I don't think it's happening so much at the junior level, but, you know, I think there's just always this concern about, like you said, I mean, when if you haven't known a world without social media, so this is just, you know, it's part and parcel of your existence. But for those of us who were around um, during the dinosaurs, this is still very new and, you know, we're, we're looking at, like you said, Anthony, the rules that are continually changing and how people are interacting with social media and all of that. And I, and I still do feel like there's, you know, there are risks with underage kids that as parents, we just have to be aware of and make sure that we're taking the proper precautions.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think the type of the type of thing we would worry about more um would be less like, you know, like Coco Golf kind of had, you know, she was getting some negative comments and things like that. And you know, she used it as fuel and she won the u s Open yeah. um,
0: but she's not I eleven. She's not no, eleven.
1: no, yeah. but see, I think we wouldn't get that. what What I would be concerned yeah. with would be, you know, possible cyberbullying and things like that, where you yeah. know, maybe somebody, Lost or, and they're mad about it, or they're just jealous, or whatever. Um, and you know, but but there are rules of conduct within the United States Tennis Association. They do a good job of uh, enforcing them. Can You know, obviously everything can be better, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're doing a good job of uh, of making sure that people know that their on court and off court behavior is is monitored. They notice uh and you know if you were going around cyberbullying somebody and you're a USDA player it would get reported and there would there would be some there would be some repercussions for that mm,
0: i'm not sure i i buy that but <laughs> i i buy that it would be get reported um and and i think that would be a good thing for sure um you know we we don't have to go down that that discussion point. (laughs) But, but I do feel like it's, you know, I just I want people to understand that there is some risk involved when you are putting your child on the internet. And so it is important that the parent maintain control of the account, which you're doing, and monitoring the account and making sure that any negative stuff gets removed or hidden.
1: Um, because I, would, I wouldn't post current locations and things like that. Right, say, hey, We're here right now. Like even, even if we're away on a trip, like I don't tell anybody I'm away on that trip until I get home. Then you'll see it. You'll catch it in an episode of that tennis kid show. You'll see that we went somewhere, but we're not going to yeah. tell you we're here now. Um, uh, so I think, I think that helps. I, I mean, there's other people that, you know, we see in the tennis community that, you know, they have this a, a similar type of issue, like a you know, like friends she has, like uh, you know, like a Milan Tyson or like mm-hmm. like Lonnie Chang and, and girls like that, you know, they've got famous parents and things like that. And so people kind of know more about them and 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 are maybe like more interested and, and might follow them around and things like that. And you know, they 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 manage it pretty well, and I think we manage it in our way pretty well. Um most interactions are positive. We do have people come up to her at tournaments sometimes, which seems a little premature, but, mm-hmm. you know, they do want to take photos and 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 stuff, and it's fun, and it hasn't become distracting uh, yet. I mean, maybe after they see us on Parenting Aces, then she'll be a big,
0: <laughs> yes. big, big
1: deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, and,
2: uh, but I, I mean...
0: I- the, my point is that it's if you're going to go down this path you have to stay vigilant right you have to be aware of the what ifs and protect your child i mean that's our role as parents is to keep our children safe and um as long as parents are staying aware of these things and are staying on top of them then amazing you know there are opportunities out there for these kids and for this for families to help offset some of the expenses, to um, open doors to opportunities. And listen, I, you know, my son got opportunities because of parenting ACEs that he might not have otherwise gotten. So I, I totally understand, you know, that this is part and parcel of finding success in the world now, whatever it is you're pursuing. So um you know, the reason, again, that I wanted to have you guys on is I think you've gotten very creative and, you know, have found something that um, not only is working, but also that, Gwen, that you really have fun with. You seem to have a good time when you're doing your interviews on your YouTube channel. You seem, you know, um, in the photos I've seen, you know, and yes, I know you're a model and I know you know how to pose, but you can tell when there's a blankness behind the eyes or a yeah. sadness behind the eyes. So it's it's obvious that you're enjoying this and um and I think that's got to be at the forefront of it, right? That if you weren't enjoying it, you would find a different path for yourself.
2: I love interviews and tennis. Yeah. This is this is like the most fun thing ever right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do your friends think about all of the stuff that you're doing? Your non-tennis friends.
2: Yeah. One of my non-tennis friends just texted me and they're like, oh my God, I can tell my friends at school that you're a model and a professional tennis player. I'm like, well, I'm not quite a professional tennis player, but yeah, I'm pretty successful. And they're like, oh my God, you're going to Texas for a tennis tournament? I'm like, yeah, it's exciting.
0: Yeah, it is exciting. It is. What's your favorite or like, what was the most exciting brand deal that you got? And you don't have to name names if you don't want to, or you can if you want to. Um, but what was the one that was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing.
2: Wilson. Okay. Wilson. It was like, I got this one letter and they're like, thanks for joining the Wilson team." I'm like, oh my God, I got this huge package and then there was like strings, a bag and rackets. I was like, this is my tennis string right here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wilson's pretty awesome. I'm a Wilson girl too. And have been since I played with a Chrissy Everett racket back in the day. So when they were still made of wood, that's how old I am. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we love our friends at Wilson Tennis. Yeah. Um, and and what about like the clothing sponsors and things? Is that because there's so many clothing manufacturers now that are looking for brand ambassadors, right?
2: Yeah, I don't really have a clothing sponsor right oh, now. Well, hello, everybody out there. Opportunity.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sometimes, like, there'll be certain companies will reach out or we'll reach out to them, like, if we're doing something special, like... Um,
2: like Lucky and Love.
1: Lucky and Love has been very supportive of... They're of, local. As well. well uh, oh, look at you. I have
2: this thing right here.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I love it. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they'll they they, they they'll dress her for certain tournaments and and uh, certain tournaments or, or camps and things like that that we'll do, we'll say, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And they'll be like, boom, we're going to send stuff right over. So, you know, we don't have a formalized, like quid pro quo. It's it's really more of a, like, they have great stuff that she likes and they like her. And so they like each other and then they just like connect and promote each other.
0: I mean, you guys are are a prime example of if you don't ask, you don't receive, right? So if this is something that you're interested in pursuing, you just have to ask. And the companies may say no. OK, you haven't lost anything if they say no.
1: Give them a chance to say no. <laughs> if you don't, you're saying no for them. That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And... So when a company like Lucky and Love sends you clothes for a tournament, do they ask anything in return from you?
2: Well, sometimes they just ask me to like post about it and we make these cool, cute videos. I love their clothes.
1: (laughs) And then you're, you're starting to sometimes make the videos now.
2: Yeah, sometimes I'm like editing the videos and recording them myself. And then sometimes they repost. It. I'm like, they reposted the video that I made by myself. That's pretty
0: cool. So there's another skill that you're developing in learning how to edit. I wish I had learned when I was 11. I'm still trying to figure it all out. <laughs> I may have to call on your, your expertise, Gwyneth, so, to help me edit some of my stuff. But I think that's great. I, I feel like, you know, you are developing this whole package of skills and abilities and interests and talents that can't help but serve you well as you continue to, you know, grow your tennis game and and your career in modeling and in tennis. Um, any last bits of advice or information you guys want to share? And let me just preface that by saying we will have a link to your YouTube channel, a link to your website, and hopefully a link to purchase the book um, and to your socials. Uh, in the show notes. There's the book again. So cute. Um, we'll have all that in the show notes on parentingaces.com. So for those of you listening, make sure you check that out so you can click through. But again, any, any last words of wisdom or
2: advice? Never give up on your dreams. Just follow them as long as you can and buy my book, please. So I can follow mine.
1: <laughs> I'm getting good at this. Yeah.
0: Anthony, any last words for the parents?
1: I mean, number one thing is fun, 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 fun. Like if it becomes work, something's wrong. If you don't enjoy doing it, if you want to do kind of the marketing side of things, you just, you got to take the ups with the downs. Don't take anything personally. Just have fun. Just, you know, you made a fun video with your kid. You know, maybe it gets you somewhere, maybe it doesn't. Was it fun to do? If it was fun to do, then you do it. You check out our YouTube channel, you're gonna see some stuff that's in there that's kind of slick, and then you're gonna see some videos where I'm dressed up like an evil wizard playing tennis. <laughs> 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 like, we'll do silly stuff. She'll be rapping, like you know, there's there's little music videos in there and stuff as well. Um so, it's a great way to just document your journeys and just have different types of fun in everything that you do in the tennis. Because ultimately, the more fun it is, the more the family bonds together in the love of the sport, the greater chance of success. Because somebody who doesn't love it isn't thinking about it. If they don't think about it, they're not going to do the reps, they're not going to, they're not going to show up, uh, you know, to Carson at seven 30 in the morning and lift weights for an mm-hmm. hour mm-hmm. and then hit for a couple hours and then hit for another few hours after lunch and, <laughs> and, and train till three, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to train four or five hours a day, um, unless they absolutely love it and they're having fun. So, you know, that, that was the philosophy I've always tried to strive for. It's the philosophy they have at Southern California Tennis uh, Academy. Uh, That's Coach Mitch Bridges' philosophy is to just love what you're doing and go and do what you love every day.
0: That's great advice. I I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you both for joining us on the podcast. I wish you only success in your endeavors and look forward to getting my copy of your book when it's out and look forward to meeting you at a tournament sometime soon, since y'all aren't that far away from me. And um, so appreciate you taking the time to do this, because I know you guys are really busy. To my audience, thank you so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey,